Well, good morning, Oceanside Sanctuary. We are excited to have you again for our online worship gathering. We are anxious to see all of you face to face, but we are still gathering in this way so that we can take precautions and make sure that we're keeping everybody as safe as possible in the middle of this pandemic. Today is, of course, a day that we are highlighting jokes and humor for Father's Day. So we have a bunch of the kids in our church telling dad jokes, and we're doing that for a couple reasons. Number one, because it's Father's Day, but also because we have been going through this series on the spirituality of resilience. And today's topic about the spirituality of resilience is about humor and the importance of a sense of humor to cultivating the grittiness and the resilience that we need to endure difficult times. So I wanna ask that we pause for a moment here and that you pray with me. And then we're gonna talk a little bit about how we find humor in scripture and how humor is an important way for us to build that strength so that we can endure and persevere through difficult times. Would you just pray with me for a moment first? God, we thank you for today and for this opportunity for us to gather and worship together. We thank you uh, for Father's Day and we ask that you would bless all the dads out there and we ask that this would be a truly joyful day for all of those uh, who are fathers, those all of those who have fathers and all of those who are hoping to be fathers. We ask that you would bless all of those men today. We ask that as we look into your word and your scripture that you would uh, shine a light on how uh, using humor can be an important way for us to build a sense of resilience in our lives. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. A while back, there was a religious joke running around. In 2005, it was voted the funniest religious joke of all time. And so today, I hope you're ready to laugh because I'm going to tell the funniest religious joke of all time. Now, because it's been voted the funniest religious joke of all time, I know that if you don't laugh at home, it's not my fault. It must be your fault, right? So here we go. I'm going to do my best. I haven't actually tried to tell a joke over a, a, a medium like this over Facebook or YouTube. So hopefully this goes well. Bear with me. If you've heard this before, I apologize. Uh, hopefully I'll do uh, some justice to it this time around. It goes something like this. One night I was walking along and happened to be going down a bridge and I saw a man standing on the edge of the bridge over on the other side of the railing with his hands on the edge, looking over the edge, obviously ready to jump. So I ran up to him and I said, sir, Whatever you're thinking, whatever's going on in your life, don't do it, it's not worth it. And he said, well, why? Why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't I just end it all? And I said to him, well, life is so full of important things that we can enjoy and take, take part in and find meaning in. For example, faith. I'm a person of faith. Are, are you a person of faith? And he said, well, yes, I am. And I said, me too. Are you Christian or are you Buddhist? And he said, well, I'm a Christian. I said, me too. I said, are you Protestant or Catholic? He said, well, I'm Protestant. Me too, I said. Are you a particular Protestant denomination? He said, well, I'm, I'm Baptist. Me too, I said. Are you Northern Baptist or Southern Baptist? He said, well, I'm Northern Baptist. Me too, I said. Northern Baptist Great Lakes region or Northern Baptist Eastern region? He said, Northern Baptist Great Lakes region. Me too, I said. Northern Baptist Great Lakes region reformation of 1879 or Northern Baptist Great Lakes region reformation of 1912? He said, well, Northern Baptist Great Lakes region reformation of 1912. 
So I pushed him off the bridge and said, die, heretic. <laughs> now, the reason that joke, of course, uh, always gets a little bit of a laugh out of people, but especially out of religious people, of course, is because it pokes fun at the fact that in religious communities, we tend to be incredibly divisive and we also tend to be incredibly judgmental of each other. That's one of the most common criticisms that's made of religious traditions and religious communities. So when we're able to poke fun of that reality in ourselves, it makes it funny because we've all experienced to one degree or another, the hardship of being judged by people for not being quite the right sort of person of faith. And humor is used exactly in that way to help us build a sense of resilience and a sense of strength when we experience difficult times. And we find humor used throughout scripture in a variety of ways. And so we see it used in exactly this way in a number of different occasions. I wanna share with you a couple of those. The first that I wanna point out to you is from Matthew chapter 23. This is a familiar passage and you might not recognize that Jesus is telling a joke here because humor doesn't tend to translate very well across cultures and across different languages. You really have to be a part of the context. You have to be a part of the medium in order sometimes to get the joke right away. But when we look at it a little bit more carefully, when we view scripture and open up our eyes and begin to see it as a creative work and as a literary work, not just as devotional literature, sometimes that opens up our eyes to see these sorts of nuances. So Matthew chapter 23, verses 23 and 24 says this. Jesus is, of course, uh, dealing with his critics, the scribes and the Pharisees that we find in the Gospels, who are the religious elites of his day, who often are criticizing everything he says and everything he does. And he comes against them very harshly in this particular passage. In verse 23, he says to them, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, your mint, your dill, and your cumin, but you've neglected the more important matters of the law. Now, Jesus is pointing out something that I think is all too familiar to us, that there are people oftentimes who are so overly focused on honoring the letter of the law that they miss the spirit of the law. And Jesus points out a bit of absurdity about the life of the Pharisees in this particular case when he says, you know, you go out of your way to separate a tithe that is a tenth of even your smallest items, your, your spices, your mint, your dill, and your cumin. You go to great lengths to make sure that you're giving a tenth of that, but you ignore the more important matters of the law. And he says here what the more important matters of the law are. He says they are justice and mercy and faithfulness. So Jesus is, of course, saying that those who are often in power, people who make the rules and enforce the rules, often miss the forest for the trees. They often sort of uh, major in the minor points, right? But they miss the major spirit of the law, why the law was created in the first place. Now, Jesus then goes on to make a little bit of a joke about them at their expense. He says right after the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness, he says, you should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. And then he makes two jokes about the religious elites. He says, you are blind guides. Jesus, in essence, is saying, you're like the blind leading the blind. And in doing that, he's making a joke at their expense. He's casting them in this imagery that's really uh, 
powerful and really vivid, this idea of people who are supposed to be in charge of leading, people who are supposed to be in charge of guiding, but they're blind. They can't see where they're going. So where, how could they possibly lead anybody anywhere? And then he says something that I think is meant to be even more absurd, even funnier. He says, you strain out a gnat, but you swallow a camel. The image here that's sort of conjured up is you have people who are are maybe drinking out of a cup, maybe it's water, or maybe it's wine, and as they're drinking out of that cup, they see a little gnat floating in the cup, and so they go to great trouble to strain that gnat out of the cup, and while they're focused on the gnat, they miss the fact that there is an entire camel floating in their cup that they then swallow and drink. This is an absurd image, the idea that an entire camel could somehow be floating in your cup and that you could somehow swallow it. This is very intentionally meant to be a kind of satire, Jesus poking fun at the Pharisees and telling sort of a, a cruel joke at their expense. And that sort of highlights something about humor that I think is really important for us to wrestle with, and that is humor is very often used in ways to exact justice or point out the injustices of people who are in great power. And sometimes that makes us deeply uncomfortable when we see humor used in that way. But we do, of course, see humor used throughout the Bible. If you look in other parts of the Bible, you'll see other things that are, you know, sort of uncomfortably irreverent because they're meant to be funny. One example of that is we see Luke in Acts chapter 20, who appears to be poking a little bit of fun at Paul when in Acts 20, Luke tells the story of Paul preaching for so long one night in a house church that one of the followers, Eutychus, is sitting on a windowsill and Luke literally says, Paul preached for so long that Eutychus fell asleep, and when he fell asleep, he fell out of the window a couple of stories and died and hit the ground. And then Luke goes to great trouble to say, it's okay, no worries, because Paul ran outside and threw his body over Eutychus and resurrected him. That, that whole scene can be read a couple of ways. It can be read with you know, enormous reverence, where we think that this is all just about the miracle that Paul uh, was able to participate in, was able to invoke through the Spirit of God. But what, when we read it that way, entirely reverently, we miss the sort of inside joke there that Luke is poking a little bit of fun at Paul because Paul was known for being long-winded and a little bit insufferable. And so when we miss those things, we miss these great opportunities for us to recognize that an important part of coping with difficulties in our life is poking fun at ourselves or poking fun uh, at the way that we have a tendency to do things in our most cherished and most reverent institutions. If you dig back a little bit further in scripture, you find another uh, passage that is meant, I think, to be uh, funny in a satirical way, and that's in 1 Kings chapter 18. There's this amazing scene where the prophet Elijah sort of has uh, come, comes toe to toe with the prophets of Baal. And in this particular passage, you have Elijah challenging the prophets of Baal to this sort of contest where they pile up wood on an altar and Elijah challenges the prophets of Baal to appeal to their God so that their God will cause fire to come from heaven and light the altar that's been stacked with wood. And Elijah says, you do uh, your prayers and you ask your God to send fire from heaven and then I'll ask my God to send fire from heaven and we'll see what happens. Now, the sort of funny and absurd thing that is, is part of that story is all of the prophets of Baal come out and it says they pray from morning until noon. They make a whole lot of noise and they shout and they cry and they wail and they literally cut themselves trying to get their God's attention so that fire will fall from the sky. And it 
And when it's not working, Elijah begins to ridicule the prophets of Baal. He begins to say uh, to them, maybe you should shout louder. Maybe your God is up there and he's on a long journey so he can't hear you. Or maybe your God is meditating and you need to get his attention. Or, or maybe he's just fallen asleep. And so we see in, in 1 Kings chapter 18, the prophet Elijah using sort of mockery and ridicule to make fun of the prophets of Baal and to make fun of their ridiculous God. Earlier in the Old Testament, we actually see a scene that reveals that having a sense of humor is something that really originates with God himself. And this is the scene from Genesis chapter 17 and Genesis chapter 18. This is also a familiar story. And in this story, you have Abraham and Sarah who have been promised by God that they're going to have offspring that will make a great nation and a great people. But of course, the problem is Abraham and Sarah are in their 90s. So the idea that they're going to have children in their 90s is rather absurd. And in, in, in Genesis chapter 17, when God comes to Abraham and tells him, I'm gonna give Sarah a child and you guys are gonna have a child of your own, it says Abraham literally falls on the ground laughing because the idea that he and Sarah are going to have a child is ridiculous and absurd to him. And then in Genesis chapter 18, we see God reiterating that promise. And this incredibly funny scene happens where Sarah is standing outside the tent and she hears the promise that God makes to Abraham and she bursts out laughing outside the door of the tent. And there's this really funny scene where God in the scripture passage God literally says, who is that that's laughing outside the tent? Now, the funny thing about this story is not just that Abraham and Sarah thought it was hysterical that they were going to have a child in their 90s. The really funny part of this story is that God tells them, I tell you, you will have a son and you'll call him Isaac. Now, Isaac in Hebrew is Yitzhak and Yitzhak in Hebrew literally means he laughed. And so in Genesis 18, what we see is that Abraham and Sarah laugh at the absurdity of them having a child, but ultimately God has the last laugh by telling them to name their son, he laughs or laughter. All of this is just to say that when we read scripture, we sometimes miss that there is humor used in it in a wide variety of ways. And that we as people who organize our lives around following Christ and following after these traditions sometimes miss out on the opportunity to use humor in that way because we approach our religion, we approach our tradition with so much reverence and sobriety that we miss that humor is baked into our tradition in order to help us cope with difficulties. And that really shouldn't be any surprise that humor helps us to cope with hardships and difficulties. I think we all know that intuitively, but social science tells us this is true as well. In 2006, there was a Norwegian study done that followed a group of patients who were all struggling with end-stage renal failure. So they were facing very dire outcomes. They were fa facing a very serious illness. And what this study did was it evaluated all the participants for a variety of characteristics, including whether or not they had the ability to engage in a sense of humor uh, more or less in their lives. And what the study found was really interesting. It tracked these patients over a two-year period and it found that those patients 
who had a greater sense of humor, who were more likely to laugh at themselves and at their circumstances and make light of it, that they survived at a longer uh, rate of 31%. They were they had a 31% higher survival rate than the patients who demonstrated a, a lower use of humor in their lives or a lower ability to engage in humor to make light of themselves or of their circumstances. And so what we see from that, of course, is that humor isn't just a way for us to sort of express our stress. It's not just a way for us to cope with sort of difficult feelings or hard circumstances, but the ability to engage in humor actually builds resilience in us. It makes us healthier. It makes us stronger when we do it. And I, I just want to point out three ways that we see in scripture that humor is being used in ways that I think are actually extraordinarily effective for helping us build resilience. The first is that humor gives us a way at laughing of laughing at ourselves. And so we saw this, for example, in Acts chapter 20, where we see Luke poking a little bit of fun at Paul. And so in that particular uh, story, that story of Paul preaching for so long that Eutychus fell asleep and fell out of the window and died, what we have is Luke engaging in a little bit of gallows humor about uh, what the church is like and how the church can sometimes be a little bit long-winded and uh, and long-suffering. And so that's something I think we see a lot, that people often use humor to cope with um, making fun of themselves a little bit when they recognize that maybe they shouldn't take themselves quite so seriously. And that, I think, is an incredibly important skill, especially for religious communities and religious traditions, that we take our faith seriously, we take Christ seriously, but we don't take ourselves seriously. And so the ability to laugh at ourselves, to poke fun at ourselves, and to poke fun at our own weaknesses and shortcomings is an incredibly important and healthy way for us to build resilience and to build a better perspective on our lives. Now, the second way that we see humor used in scripture is we use it to laugh at our own hardships. And so we see this, I think, very classically in Genesis chapter 18, when Abraham and Sarah laugh at God at the absurdity that they're going to have a child in their 90s, what they're really doing is they're laughing at the anxiety and the stress that they're facing as, as a family who is unable to have offspring, who's unable to perpetuate uh, the existence of their own family, of their own tribe. And, and I think we often do that when we have hardships and sufferings and, and various trials and difficulties, whatever they might be, one sign of health, one sign of resilience is our ability after the fact uh, to even poke fun at our own hardships, to poke fun at our own suffering. Something about being able to do that gives us the ability, like the, the patients in the Norwegian study, to survive longer, to last longer, to be healthier and stronger. And so it's okay to do that. It's okay to do that even in a religious setting. The third way that I think we see humor being used, and this is may be particularly important for our time today and for what's going on, is that humor is used as a way for us to laugh at those people in power who are making our lives more difficult or who are expressing injustice in one way or another. And this is exactly what we see Jesus doing over and over again. He uses mockery and satire to shame his critics because they are acting out in ways that are unjust and that are harming people who are poorer than they are, who are weaker than they are, who are marginalized and cast out. Jesus does this all the time. I think it's very important for us as, as people of faith 
when we see that there are hardships happening, for example, with black lives being uh, subjected to unjust policing, when we see the community engaging in really difficult, really oftentimes divisive conversations around movements like defund the police, all of these tensions that center around injustices in our community tend to create really hard, difficult feelings of anxiety and stress. And last week, I talked a little bit about uh, moral distress. All of that is stirred up in us as individuals and stirred up in us as a community. And one of the most important ways we can cope with that is to make fun of those who are in power, whose unjust actions or whose inability to act in just ways for whatever reason is causing more harm and more stress on communities who are poorer or weaker or marginalized. We see this every night, of course, when we turn on the TV. If you watch late night talk shows, uh, this is a staple of late night talk show comedians. They will open up their, their, their shows oftentimes with a monologue that very often makes fun of politicians or presidents or, or celebrities who have all of this power and sometimes, for whatever reason, seem to be blind to the way that their poor use of power has adverse effects on weaker groups in the community. Sometimes I think as, as people of faith, we're deeply uncomfortable with that because it seems like it's mean-spirited or it seems like it just isn't nice. And of course, sometimes it can be mean-spirited and sometimes it can cross the line, but it is an incredibly important, and I would say, according to Jesus, even a prophetic way for us to point out very effectively how absurd it is for people in power to continue to exploit those who are suffering and struggling. Now, the opposite of this, of course, is when we make fun of people who are in weaker positions or we make fun of people who have less power. And that's when use of humor becomes extraordinarily inappropriate and even damaging. One of the things I've noticed is that in times like this, when things get really sort of divisive culturally, is you have whole groups of people who like to complain about how now all of a sudden they have to be politically correct and they can't be, you know, they can't tell politically incorrect jokes. But one of the things I've noticed is that politically incorrect jokes almost always are jokes that make fun of poorer people or weaker people or marginalized people and are told by people who are a part of those who are in power. So politically incorrect jokes usually are just the racist jokes or the sexist jokes that people who have power tell at the expense of people who don't have power. And that is when humor is used in an incredibly destructive and inappropriate way. And when you see humor used in that way or when you use humor in that way, you contribute to the suffering rather than highlighting how justice can be brought to a particular situation. What I wanna do this week is just encourage you uh, to reflect and, and think about how you are using humor in your life at this time to cope with the stresses and difficulties of everything that's going on. And I also wanna ask you to examine the discomfort that you feel when you hear and see other people using humor to address all of the, the uprisings and the anguish and the strife that we're experiencing in our world right now. Are you uncomfortable with that humor because it is being used in an inappropriate way to make fun of people who are marginalized or weaker or poorer? Or are you uncomfortable because that humor is being used to point out the injustices 
that for some reason maybe implicates you and I in ways that we are complicit with those injustices. Sometimes that discomfort is good for us to sit in because it makes us aware of how we can act in more just and more appropriate ways. Sometimes it makes us uncomfortable because it's simply wrong and mean-spirited. And so ask the Lord, as you are uh, reflecting on that this week, how you can learn to discern the difference between those two and how you can learn to better use humor to cultivate a spirituality of resilience in your own life. I wanna end there, I wanna pray and ask God to just go with us as we go our separate ways this week and we go back out into the world and deal with the various things that we're dealing with. Uh, would you just join with me as we do that? And I wanna ask that as we do, that you would pray with me a blessing on the dads uh, who we are honoring today and also ask that you would pray with me to recognize how we can cultivate more resilience in our lives moving forward. God, we thank you again for today and this opportunity for us to join together over YouTube and Facebook. We ask that you would teach us to be people who are uh, 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 people of deep character and deep resilience and deep reserves of wisdom that we can make a difference in these difficult and divisive times that we wouldn't succumb to the temptation to simply uh, rest in the middle and be neutral in situations where we are being called upon to act out and to speak out on behalf of those who are poor and struggling and marginalized and exploited. We ask that you give us the courage to do that and we ask that you would give us the sense of humor to do that well and to persevere. We ask all this in Jesus' name.